good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cuff, Henny Cutter, Because all the hippies are trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're absolutely right, Robert. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Clinic, or NAC, on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they do. And it's election night here in uh, Turtle Island, and a lot of big elections happening. And uh, I know we have a tight race here in St. Paul for my city council member, and I've already uh, voted. And I voted early this morning. Wendy voted about a week ago. And uh, it's really important to vote. You know, it, I know as Native Americans, we don't feel a part of uh, the system, but we really have to, and we have to be educated. We have to vote. We have to um, fight fire with fire, so to speak. But hey, we have uh, Brooke LaFleur here, and Brooke is uh, the CEO of Nini Janus, and I hope I said that right, Brooke, because I've been practicing. Welcome to Native Roots Radio. Uh, bonjour, bonjour, um, Nini Janus is correct, um, and that means loosely in Ojibwe, my child, and Nini Janus 101 is a social enterprise for Indigenous children. So thank you for having me on today. I know we're talking about voting and the importance of voting and the importance of our new, ki- new generations, our 18-year-olds um, participating and um, our younger members getting ready to um, engage in that civil duty. So, um, yeah, good stuff today. Brooke, we have a big election today. I think every election is because school boards over the uh, country have been infiltrated by bad actors and we need to like get out there and vote. And what's really freaky, Brooke, is a year from now we're going to be voting for president. That's very true. Yep, that's very true. And Minnesota's, um, you know, we're... We're so fortunate. We're we're blue right now, but we're almost we're almost purple. So, and we're surrounded by all kinds of um, states that don't always support native issues like Indigenous Ed for All and any curriculums, open curriculums. Um, so yeah, it's important to participate in the local and the national elections. Well, and with school boards and uh, and uh, elections coming up, and uh, I being a former teacher and you being a former student, uh, it's really important. It's it's really important, and school is to uh, learn how to learn and to think effectively, uh, and not so much. Uh, learning certain things, but uh, those things, I, it's fun. I, funny, I go by uh, Half Price Books, who could be a sponsor. We should check on that, Haley. Um, but they have a whole window full of books that are banned, uh, coming by banned books. And that's just an example of what uh, we're up against. Yes, I agree with that. Um, you know, people uh, on the school board decide the curriculum and what passes and what doesn't pass. So, those people are important to know how what their policies are and how they feel about certain curriculums are, um, you know, book bans, certain books even, you know, um, it's important to talk to those people about their views um, and see if that, those people represent you and if they, you know, represent, you know, the accurate sort of histories that you want or the accurate teachings that you want, our education, our other perspectives, right, in schools. And so I think it's uh, important to get to know your candidates um, I'm very much in the education field, so I speak a little more to education than um, I know there's elections all over, right? There's your ward, your city, and your presidential's coming up, but um, all of them are important. Um, I know we focus on the presidential quite a bit, but um, they're all important ones to learn your candidates and be educated and informed and make the best decision for you because those people make decisions for us. <laughs> Exactly. Brooke, and you work with the young ones and are coming up to the age of voting, and I have in years past. 
if they start voting at, right away at their first election that they're able to, statistics show that they'll be a lifelong voter. Mm, I didn't know that statistic, but um, ever since, I guess it's true for me so far, ever since I've turned 18, I've participated in every election. So there you go. that might be a good statistic to, to keep, right? <laughs> right. Right. And I know uh, you talk to a lot of young ones and uh, your coach and uh, deal with the uh, young ones that are coming up and it's really, it, uh, you know, it's really important to, to let those guys know if you're not at the table, you're probably uh, being what's served. And so we know that from our, from our history with our relatives and a, a lot of what we've uh, gone through in our lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the thing. Um, well, well, you kind of just said it there. What was it? If you're not um, at the table, you're on the menu or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you want to be engaged as much as you can. And that, that means representation for us, right? You know, if we don't have a native voice at any table at all, then, you know, that's how so many federal Indian policies passed in America. Well, there was no Native American in Congress once for so long, you know, and um, and a lot of things were, a lot of decisions were made without us, you know, the boarding school era, the assimilation era, um, and those were a lot of failed policies, right? So we can learn from our history too, and learn from, um, the people we've put in power and the people we've elected. And I hope that we can change some of those things and make sure that we, um, you know, look to elect our own people. And with that, when our young people are voting, I hope you all will look to run for office one day. I always encourage that uh, for people, whether it's at the tribal level, the school board level, you know, the local level or, or whatever it be, you know, to run for public office if that's within your calling. Well, we can't wait until you run, Brooke, because we'll, we'll uh, have you on every day because uh, you're a doer and I know that um, see you all around the community. I saw you years ago when Peggy was first running for, maybe she was state representative and it was years ago and, uh, these people, you can approach them. They're people, you know. You, they remember you. They they see us. And Haley uh, got to witness a governor uh, saying my name, my full name, and how asked how I was doing, and she was blown away. Right, Haley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they're just normal people, and and it is it does make an impact when someone that's in power like that remembers individuals in the community by name, especially. But, you know, if you haven't voted yet today, polls are open um, until eight. So as long as you are in line at 8 p.m., you can still cast your ballot. And if you don't know where to go vote, you can go to pollfinder.sos.state.mn.us to find a place to poll. And Brooke, I know uh, Big Pina Gigi, thank you for coming on as always, but uh, you got something too that I'd like you to shout out going on this Friday. Yeah, I know you guys have been talking November, Native American Heritage Month, and um, I'm doing a pop-up shop at Flava Cafe that's on University Avenue um, in solidarity with one of my best friends, um, Shani Grigsby. Um, it's the second owned um, black cafe in St. Paul. So she's hosting hosting me as a pop-up um, in solidarity for Native American Heritage Month. And um, we're going to be having um, coffee. First customer will get a coffee gift card. Um, so that'll be Friday here at Flava Cafe, um, I think uh, from 11 to 1 p.m. on Friday. I'll be here really all day. So stop by, um, visit, get some coffee. You know, I want to know how you have time to bead. I've seen you uh, do pop-ups and bead at the same time, but you're so busy doing other things for the community. Uh, it's amazing uh, you have a whole table of things that you've beaded. Some, some of it's some of it's me, not all of it, but yes, there's um, quite a bit. You know, I bead on the plane. When <laughs> I have teenagers who can drive, I make them drive so I can bead. So. <laughs> Um, I just bead wherever wherever I can half the time. And so I also put, yeah, Nenny Jonas in the collective. Um, so there's also quite a few other artists, um, items that we sell to and fundraise for our, for our children's work and our basketball team. So well, stop Brooke, by uh, if you're not doing anything. Say the address again, Brooke, before we let you go. Uh, I don't have the full address, but it's Flava Cafe. That's on University off of Dale and University Avenue in St. Paul, Minnesota. Thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing. I really appreciate you and coming on and talking about the importance of elections and our young ones voting. Miigwech.
We'll see you. Hey, Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake. We'll be right back after this short break with Roya. I heard sex trafficking happens a lot in Indian country. What is that? Here are some of the real reasons why sex trafficking happens in Indian country. Unequal gender roles that were forced on us by colonization. Communities don't have enough resources. Silence around domestic and sexual violence. Lack of attention and justice for missing and murdered indigenous people. There's a lot of behavior that keeps our communities out of balance. These are just a few true reasons why native communities are targeted by traffickers. When these acts of violence happen in our communities, it opens us all up for exploitation. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Boujou, hello. My name is Wabin. I am an enrolled member of the White Earth Nation, descendant of the Navajo Nation, and co-chair of the Indigenous Employee Resource Group with the Minnesota Department of Transportation. MnDOT is hiring for a variety of positions from road maintenance to accounting and more. We offer great benefits. For more information or to set up a one-on-one resume and application assistance, visit mn.gov slash careers or you can text or call 612-257-2388. 612-257-2388. Be a vaccinative. As the fall season continues, new COVID-19 variants threaten the health of not just you, but our elders as well. These new variants might even evade previous vaccines. That's why it's important to stay up to date. The newly authorized vaccines target current variants effectively and are FDA approved for ages six months and older. But there is an important note. These are the first COVID vaccines to be commercialized, which means there may be costs associated with them. Speak with your health insurer about your coverage before scheduling an appointment to avoid a surprise bill. For those without health insurance, help is available. Ask your health clinic about options or visit vaccines.gov for free locations. Getting vaccinated protects you from severe disease. Don't put yourself or elders at risk. So be a vaccinative and protect our community. You can visit vaccines.gov for free vaccine locations. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Development Institute, or NACDI, in Minneapolis. Hey, we are here with Roya Taylor, a host of Good Medicine on KFAI, and uh, we want Roya, we want her to uh, give us a little update what's happening here, and, uh, you know, did you get out and vote yet, Roya? Ho oh, uh. <laughs> oh, yes, it did. But, you know, we didn't have as many... Well, we had city council over here in Minneapolis, but I, I can't even remember now. What the, you know, they, when they have those two sides to a ballot, it, it's always confusing. So, uh, well, uh, hi, uh, your relatives, my relatives out there across uh, Minnesota and Turtle Island, all of them that listen to you uh, every week faithfully. So it's great to be here, Haley and uh, Robert. Right on. Hey, and we love having you on. It's a little early this week. We usually have you on Thursdays, but I'm boogieing on the plane. So um, we we got some uh, good shows coming up this week that we've already done. So it's great that you can spend some time with us and talk about maybe a, a little bit of what's happening this weekend and uh, in the theater and arts realm here on Turtle Island. And uh, did I want to ask you this before we move on. I've talked a little bit about this the last couple of days. I did get a chance to watch the... CBC uh, documentary on uh, Buffy St. Marie, and oh, my God. Oh, my God is all I have to say. <laughs> well, I, you know, you and I have talked about this, and we've been trying to come to some conclusion ourselves, and, you know, along with other people, and I think everybody's, you know, taking their time and just, uh, uh, you know, making an informed decision before they say something. And, in fact, I'm glad you mentioned that, though, Robert, because I, I know we were both kind of uh, hesitating, just taking our time. I am on Friday night on Good Medicine on KFEI, uh, Fresh Air Community Radio. I'm going to go ahead and open up the lines into the studio, Studio Four Directions, and let the local Native community uh, just weigh in on that. You know, it, it's not an opportunity for people to go on and on or to attack necessarily Buffy or the family that's adopted her, but <clears throat> I think there's a lot of good comments and um, conclusions that local folks have been making about pretendians, about the opportunities lost by uh, so many other Native artists because of 
taking up space uh, by these folks who, who say that they're native and then we find out that they're not. But this one is a very special case, as we all as we all know. So that's going to be at six o'clock this coming Friday on Good Medicine, KFEI Fresh Air Radio, 90.3 FM HD and streaming at KFAI.org. So I'll be posting the telephone number into the studio. I don't want to do it now because people might start calling in or our poor other <laughs> other hosts might have to start fielding these calls. So but yeah. it'll be from 7 p.m. Exactly. I it's it's a it's a hard one um, with her, but uh, it, if you watch that documentary, it's pretty cut and dry for me now. But I think people have a lot of emotional um, attachment to her over the years because of the work she has done in a good way uh, as being a pretendian. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I was trying to listen to some of the. Native American calling today on Kohanic Broadcasting out of Albuquerque. They had uh, Dr. Kim Tallbear, who is, she's actually a Native American from Lower 48, but she now lives and resides up in, uh, across the Medicine Treaty Line up in Canada. She's a professor at one of the universities up there. And so she had some good comments, uh, sort of generally about the whole phenomenon, not just necessarily uh, Buffy yeah. and and the people that have supported her, the people who have decried what is what is going on. So I, I would encourage others to, to take a look at that as well, or listen to that, I should say. Well, it's funny. We're going to have uh, on Thursday uh, uh, George McCauley on, and one of the things he said when he was – could you hear me? Yes, what? I said Omaha, Omaha, the great Omaha nation. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, one of the things that he said was really interesting is he was uh, two hours early for uh, uh, the call-in for um, uh, the movie he was in. And Killers there was, of the Flower Moon. Thank you, Killers of the Flower, Flower Moon. Thank you, Haley. What would I do without you? Because, you know, Bobby P's got a good memory, but it's short. Um and what he said was really interesting is they had two lines and one of the lines would go to um, the dressing room and get, get uh, you know, get the clothes and get them uh, sewed up. And, and the other were the white people that were pretending to be Indians just went, went away and <laughs> they sent them away. So there's still a lot of uh, pretendians uh, out there that want to be in movies and, and uh, pretend they're us, but they don't want our trauma, Roya. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's a lived experience. I've, I've always said I've told my children, and I know you have too, you schooled your uh, children well, uh, that, you know, hey, I've been doing this Indian thing for about a half a century, so I think I have kind of got a little idea what it's about. I think I've got it down a little. So these other people who are sort of uh, coming at it very late with some specious uh, reality or backstories, you know, as we say in, in, uh, in theater, you know, it just... Uh, you can kind of begin to see where fantasy or where reality ends and fantasy begins. Well, in the beginning of my show, too, it's really funny. Thomas uh, told a story in uh, Smoke Signals, and one of the stories was, uh, you know, everybody wanted to be Indian, you know, in the 60s, <laughs> you know, with the long hair and the headbands and all those things and uh, nice. the frilled jackets. But they, again, they don't want the trauma. They want, they want to appropriate. Sure. Or the commitment, you know, the spiritual commitment. Right. My, my dad used to say, hey, you know, it's it's uh, it's sort of a spiritual undertaking to be a native person in Indian, or he would say Indian. Uh, right. He said, uh, we're kind of like the Marines, because he was a former Marine, you know. It's like the Marine Corps, you know. There's It's the smallest of all the military units in the U.S. military, and so... You know, God didn't make a lot of Marines. He said, just like he didn't make a lot of Indians. You know? <laughs> so Wow, that's a good point. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, it's just hard. Uh, I, years ago, I don't know if you remember this, Roya, but when I was first on, I had somebody on the show who said that she was uh, Native American and um, she was not and was outed on Facebook. And uh, we don't talk much about that. Uh, but that was seven years ago, and I did. And uh, the person had really good information, and we were talking a lot about Standing Rock then, and always had an update. But people were like, "Well, who is this person?" And uh, we had to ask, and she couldn't say. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's you know I'm going to talk about that on Friday night. There's uh, there's it's it's very complex, and I don't mean to complicate it more, but uh, we have a lot of uh, folks, particularly up in Canada, who are part of the Scoop generation, and so they don't mm-hmm. really know. And Canadian government and missionary societies, residential boarding schools, took great effort to hide their backgrounds, their connection back to their families and to their people. So I have a little sympathy there, but when somebody turns around and uses something that's concocted just mm-hmm. to make money off of it, and uh, and even you know has a chance to, as somebody said today, if they would just uh, if they would just confess after they've been found out, but those people who double down, it's uh, it's very disturbing. So no matter who well, they it's, are, it's funny too. Roya is, and again, we're here with Roya, host of uh, Good Medicine on KFAI, and I think we're just talking about uh, uh, this Buffy and uh, the. the the thing is, I want to say is, you could take a DNA test at Ancestry.com or any one of these things. And what I did years ago, and I found out a lot of people that I know personally that are Ho Chunk are related to me, mm-hmm. and because and there's a and there's a reason behind that. I mean, we're up to nine thousand uh, citizens of Ho Chunk out of Wisconsin and across the world, but um, we were down to seven hundred people at one time and oh. everyone was related to everyone at one time or another way back right a lot of snagging going on <laughs> yeah well and prior to that genocide <laughs> yeah <laughs> not to mention but uh everyone wants to know roya when we're going to do uh our uh sunny and share show again oh whenever you want to whenever you get us booked there we're appearing in <laughs> vegas first and we'll be yeah. back here in the time soon so yeah hey robert i got a couple of items here i want to share with you before we have to sign off but thanks again for having me on uh, you know some of these i don't think i'll mention what was uh coming up or earlier or i think it's thursday because i already talked about that over at the the uh historical society and the uh mia but there are some great events and one of them involves somebody that you and i know that she's been on your program for a couple of times in the past, and that's Angie Vig, along with her her husband, Ted Vig. They're wonderful people. They have Vig guitars over on Snelling Avenue in St. Paul for all our local listeners here. They have a band, their own band, called Bad Lucky. And that's going to be, they're going to be at the Schooner Tavern over here in Minneapolis, 2901 27th Avenue South on Saturday night. And uh, they're uh, going to be dropping a few new songs as well. So that's Angie, uh, but she's White Earth, right? I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> and I, she plays guitar, and I think she also fronts for them as a, as one of their vocalists. And then uh, second on Sunday morning, the following day, two p.m., we're going to have Shelly Nero Mohawk, who's going to be in town. She's part of this In Our Hands photography exhibit. She's got a long career. She's going to talk about that, and uh, she produced a film years ago called. Uh, the year of Mitzi Bearclaw. It's won a lot of awards. It's very humorous, but also poignant as well. Kind of talking about these same issues about how Native people identify themselves. And then on Tuesday, the 14th, that's two, next Tuesday, from 6 to 7.30 p.m., over at, uh, this is, now I can't see it. Oh, it's the uh, Mississippi River Market Co-op over on 7th Street. I'll give you the exact address. 740 East 7th Street. There's an ongoing series called the Indigenous Peoples Month Class Series with Gabby Minoman and Jenna Gray Eagle. They're going to be talking about healthy foods and, and native sovereignty when it comes to foods. Hey, Roya, Roya, of, uh, host of Good Medicine on KFAI. Peeny Gigi for stopping in and having a great conversation. Yeah. Peeny Gigi to you. Yeah, I'll see you later at the 49. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back with Bob Blake from Red Lake. I always like to say that. Are you thinking about college? Consider checking out Minnesota Private Colleges. These 18 nonprofit institutions keep the focus on students with small classes and professors who will get to know you. You'll find students from all backgrounds and no two colleges are alike. And when it comes to cost, they're more affordable than you think. Find the college that's right for you at mnprivatecolleges.org possible mnprivatecolleges.org possible. 
Unveil the captivating world of native photography at the Minneapolis Institute of Art. Their new exhibit, In Our Hands, Native Photography 1890 to Now, turns the camera around and puts native photographers in control, featuring hundreds of photographs captured by generations of First Nations, Métis, Inuit, and Native Americans. You'll view the world through their lens, revealing the beauty and complexity of indigenous heritage. Don't miss this incredible experience. Visit In Our Hands at the Minneapolis Institute of Art, now through January 14th. For more info, visit artsmia.org. Hi, I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts, available only through Minsure. If you need quality, comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. Hi, this is Frank Brown, owner of Minuteman Press Uptown, Minnesota's only minority-owned union printing company. We have big news. We've moved to North Minneapolis. Why did you move? As a black business owner, I wanted to be part of the North Minneapolis community to provide jobs. Are there other reasons you moved there? We have bigger new equipment and outgrew the other location. What kind of new equipment do you have? We have new equipment that allows us to print quality signage and banners. We also have a new inkjet printer, printing larger sheets, improving production efficiencies. Is the new location easy to find? It's not only easy to find, it's more convenient with plenty of parking. We are now located on Washington Avenue North off I-94 and the Dowling exit. So do you still print everything? We print more than everything. We have over 175 Google reviews with a five-star rating. Call 612-870-0777 or visit mpuptown.com. That's mpuptown.com. We print everything. Think your company's safe? Your staff is working from home, right? As I speak, cyber criminals are mounting attacks across the country. Remember, when we're weakest, cyber criminals attack. Hi, Mark Sommerfeld from Rymark. The Rymark team is guiding our clients through these difficult times. In fact, demand has been so high, we created an easy-to-follow guide. It's yours free. Download our five steps to securely work from home now at rymarkit.com or call 651-328-8900 for a no-cost how-to discussion. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Tonight, rain expected with a low of 42, then Wednesday, cloudy with a high of 51. Scott Jamama's Hot Barbecue offers the huge taste of selections like baby back ribs and pulled pork sandwiches out of a little place. Scott Jamama's is located just a block west of I-35W off of West Diamond Lake Road in South Minneapolis. Visit their website at scottjamamas.com. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Support honest Native news from Natives themselves. Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Hey, uh, we have uh, Robert Blake on a Solar Bear with the Solar News, and it's election night, so we probably have talking a little bit about a lot of stuff today, and along with this report. And I see your lighting's kind of like uh, Captain Kurtz again here from Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Robert's laughing, but he's muted. But uh, he thought that was um, funny too. Yeah. No. You know what? Um, I just realized. Um, that we're an hour behind now, are right? We're, we're we're it's daylight savings time, and so the, <laughs> the sun. You just realized that the sun is not coming through my window now, and every time I come on the radio with you guys, I have the the window open with the sun coming in, and so, yep, um, that's the thing. That's the reason. Well, wow. you know, can you guys believe that we're already at daylight savings time and um, election day is here today? You know, Dega. Well, well, what I can't believe is that um, I'm 62 and I roughly got about 16 more of these uh, daylight saving times to go through my lifetime. So um, I'm really enjoying this one, even though I'm looking out the window and I can't see anything. Right, exactly. Yeah, so we're coming up on the end of the year here. You know, we're around a lot of people, our friends and 
our relatives, especially during the holidays coming up. And, and a lot sometimes of times, lots of, a lot of times they're not the same people, friends and relatives. Oh, Ooh, good one. No, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, lots of germs floating around. We got to, you know, make sure we're washing our hands and, and taking our COVID tests and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, especially you don't want to find yourself without health insurance going into the new year. So, you know, I'm lucky we live in a state uh, of Minnesota here and where we have really great resources such as Minsure, you know. Uh, Minsure has our backs when it comes to health insurance. And, you know, Minsure is our ally. They don't work against us. They work for us and with us, connecting us with experts um, who guide us through that whole process and the insurance process can be tricky. You might not always know what you're doing. So if you need that resource, I suggest heading out to minsure.org to yeah. uh, find affordable plans that help fit your needs. Well, I know um, when this came up a few years ago, uh, it was very important and it was very, uh, Minsure was on top of it where they really helped people sign up and it was a big, big deal. And, uh, and it is a big deal. You don't want to, be running around without insurance. So Minsure is the place to go. And I mean, now some states too, right? Like, I mean, they don't, they don't offer uh, state plans, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is nice that, you know, the state of Minnesota does have that for its, you know, citizens that don't have a traditional plan with say an employer. Right. 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 Exactly. And uh, we could talk on and on about insurance, but it's so important. I mean, it just is. And uh, so everyone get out there and it's getting that time of year and do some mincher. Robert, uh, the elections. I know you ran for city council. We have a big city council race here in the Twin Cities, St. Paul. Uh, In my district or in my district, we have uh, two people that are kind of the front runners and um, because the last city council Tobert is retiring. So we, it's important talk, talk to talk to us about how important it is to be city council and all the decisions that they make or, or may not make. You know, I think we, I think we always like imagine like the, the important race is the presidency, right? Like everybody mm-hmm. gets wrapped up in that and, you know, it's kind of like we all kind of think like, all right, I did my civic duty. <laughs> I okay. voted for the president. And these years that we don't, you know, that we don't vote for the president, you know, like we don't really think it matters. But people out there, these are the years that really do matter. And it's really because you have a lot of these elections that, you know, um, are, are going to affect you personally like city council member elections and you know um and what i'm really hoping for and there really is a lot of new folks that are going to be um running for office and you know i mean and let's also be honest too robert the last like you know i mean the the last the last let's just say couple years here i mean let's hand it to these city officials who I mean, everything that's happening in, in our wonderful city has really taken a toll on them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't blame, you know, a lot of these individuals that are retiring from the city council. Like, I, I think in St. Paul, we're going to have like, like half of it's over, over half is going to be brand new, you know? I'm going to miss uh, Jane Prince too. Uh, Jane's uh had her as a, her son as a student, and truth be told, years ago when I had my own video production business, do you remember Andy Dawkins? Andy Dawkins, I remember was, Andy Dawkins. He was Andy Dawkins' um, campaign manager for mayor, and I did a lot of work for them. And and it's so funny now; she's been a city council member for many many years, and a good friend, and a good friend of natives. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think a lot about these folks that are retiring, but I'm telling you, Robert, I really do believe that the last couple of years have really taken a toll on these city council members and their service to both Minneapolis and St. Paul. I mean, this there was so many important decisions, 
you know, that, that had to be made. And I think that's a really wonderful example too, to everybody out there that's listening that these, the, that the, that's why these races are important. And just because they're not in a presidential year that they really do matter. And we really have to do and exercise our civic duty and go out and vote and, and, and be a part and let our voices be heard because a lot of, a lot of the decisions that are going to affect you personally in your community is going to be made by these people, you know? Right. Exactly. And, you know, like you were saying, it's been a hard couple of years, especially with housing and how unaffordable it is for most people. And then, then what happens is then you bring apartment buildings in neighborhoods and neighborhoods into apartment buildings and just things like that, that have to be uh, weighed out in a good way. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, it's so interesting, you know, Saturday I, I had coffee with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with, with, uh, with a, with a, with a Coleman, one of the Coleman, he's one of the family members, Emmett Coleman. And, you know, his, his brother, you know, was the mayor of St. Paul at one time. And, you know, his brother's Nick, you know, who wrote for the uh, Pioneer <laughs> Press for a long time. Right. And, 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 um, so, you know, you know, and we were just talking, you know, about the housing issue on Saturday and, you know, how, you know, we're, we, there, there's so many things that I think that we can do to make housing affordable. But when you look at suburbs, like, let's just take, in, for instance, Woodbury, where, you know, the home out there is $800,000 or something. I don't know what it is. It's ridiculous. But you look at that and... I mean, that's literally like, <laughs> that's going to keep out a lot of people, <laughs> you right. know? And, and and so, I mean, how do we make sure that housing is, is fair, it's equitable, um, we're not drawing these imaginary lines like we used to before, right? And, and um, you know, and let's be honest, I mean, I am, Robert, I'm meeting people now that are moving from different states that apparently there was an article out there that coming back to climate change now that one mm -hmm. of the biggest one of the best places to live in the future is going to be minnesota because right. of climate change and as a matter of fact and a project that i was doing with the university of minnesota um one of the people there was from houston texas and she said that that she saw that same article and it said duluth duluth minnesota was going to be the place to move actually Whoa. But they, her family got as far as the Twin Cities and said, I think we're going to set down roots here. You know, <laughs> I mean, this is real. I think a, I think a lot of people um, are going to be migrating from these different areas. Um, and, you know, I think Minnesota is going to have to really think about, OK, how do we how do we manage this influx of people? that are moving here. And let's be honest. I mean, we, we've got one of the better economies in the Midwest here in the Twin Cities, you know, with all mm -hmm. of our Fortune 500 companies, our, you know, our educational institutions. Um, I mean, and Robert, let's not forget that we're one of the only probably areas, metropolitan areas that can, that can afford to have all of our sports teams have their own stadium. Like, <laughs> you don't see that you know and right. so when we think about that i i mean we have folks that want to live here and be a part of this and so like how do we make housing more affordable you're absolutely correct robert well what's interesting too robert not only the climate change in that article but laws that are being passed around the country too against our trans fr friends and families are moving here for that reason too because we are a haven here uh, for LGBT people and uh, everybody, so it's um, it's it's a climate, but it's also we're a blue state right now, and that laws uh, against our relatives that that um, have are, are get, that are against them, and other states are coming here. Well, and I and I think too, Robert. Like you know, let's be honest. Everything that happened in the last, you know a couple of years in this state, right? I mean, with everything that happened, you know, with, you know, the horrible situation with, you know, George Floyd and everything. And I mean, we, we were really able to see that we were like number two in race disparity or that yeah. between black and white. And it's like, you know, as a Minnesotan, me as a Minnesotan, 
I don't want to be, you know, known for our state because I love our state. I love our community here. And I don't want that to be something that, you know, is a part of who we are. And I don't and I, I know for a fact we're that's not who we are. And so when you see those statistics, I mean, we have a lot of work to do um, here here in the state, you know. Um, and, and so I want people to say, wow, this is the number one state for, you know, that, you know, for for BIPOC communities and, you know, and, and also, you know, that 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 gap is so small that we're number one in the country. Right. Yeah. And I think the best way that we do that, Robert, is by investing heavily and supporting, uh, you know, BIPOC communities through this energy transition. That's what I firmly believe, Robert. Well, let's talk more about that after this short break. We're here with Robert Blake, uh, owner of Solar Bear and also the nonprofit Native Sun, which are cool names I wish I would have thought of. But hey, we're going to be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Back to school season is here. And while this is an exciting time for parents, kids, and educators, let's not forget how far we've come in our battle against COVID-19. We're in a better place, but COVID-19 is still here, and we need to continue to help protect our communities. With the flurry of new schedules and classrooms, let's not overlook the fundamentals of staying safe. Wash your hands regularly and watch for any symptoms like fever, chills, a cough, or shortness of breath. Should you or someone you know have COVID-19 symptoms, stay home and get tested. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Let's have this back-to-school season be a time of renewed commitment to our collective health and brighter future for our Native communities. Again, find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and, and let howl. howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howl! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, we're here with uh, Bob Blake, a solar bear, and Haley here. We're all three uh, howling. That's hard for me to say. I had to really slow down and say howling, uh, howling with with uh, for wolves and with wolves. So, hey, we're talking a little political stuff, but we we love to have Bob Blake on and talk a little bit about what's happening around Turtle Island with our with the solar bear with the solar news. So, I think we should maybe trans um, uh, transition into that. Yeah, Robert. So. Um I, this is a really interesting story here coming out of Tucson, Arizona. And, um, you know, the, it's, it's basically the, the, the public Arizona public service, right. Um, of Tucson electric is going to add 20 gigawatts gigawatts. Okay. Which is, uh, unbelievable amount of energy, um, of renewables and storage. So, 
What it sounds like to me, Robert, is that they're going to be retiring a coal plant out there, and they mm-hmm. are going to replace it totally with renewables, with solar and batteries. Had to put the yeah. pause button on. Yeah, right? And now, and this is a utility, Robert. This is a utility that is going to do this. Now, let's take a look at what, um, um, and, 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 and I'm going to put this all together for you. But let's look at what's happening here in Minnesota with our utilities and how they're going to raise our electric rates and gas rates. Okay. Now, the reason for this, Robert, is because, you know, climate change is making it so, you know, you know, for the future, so, you know, unpredictable. Right. And Mm -hmm. and so, you know, the utilities are basically saying. This is what we have to do in order for us to, to maintain a viable, you know, a business model. Um, I think what we're going to see, Robert, in the future, and I'm willing to put a thousand dollars on this. OK, oh. but I think I think what we're going to see in the future is a lot of these utilities taking the route of Arizona tucson public service electric cooperative because they know too down there in arizona that climate change is going to make um you know the power unpredictable in the future so you know they're investing in solar um they know that it's going to be a cheap uh source of power in the future and so they're going to get ahead of the curve and we all know that when technology when you know uh, you know, those who make that maneuver first are usually very successful. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? In the future. So um, I think this is a great move by Arizona Public Electric Service down there. Um, and I, I think that uh, you're only going to see more and more utilities make this move. Wow, that is awesome. Um, and uh, it's it's smart business too, and that's the thing. You know, the government needs to support this, but also you see and have seen with electric cars and and these things, people transitioning uh, to renewable a lot quicker than uh, people thought at first. And you know, and, and and it's so true, Robert, that you know that the that the tide is is sort of changing now too, and. This is another interesting story coming out of China now. China is expected to dominate the solar manufacturing through 2026. But, 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 Robert, there's a but in this. And the United States is coming on fast. And um, we are putting together manufacturing plants here where there are companies that are investing in this, uh, you know, in, in this country um, the jobs, uh, you know, renewables are the fastest growing job mm. out in this country. Um, and why? Because of, let's be honest, the Inflation Reduction Act. So we have a lot of investments coming in. And, and, what, and what they're saying is, the, you know, we think that the United States is going to be a big player now going, as going forward. Um, you know, and, 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 and China is still going to have a big market share. Don't we're. No one's going to stop that. But, you know, it's nice to hear that, you know, we're manufacturing, we're producing good American jobs, and people are, you know, being a part of the energy transition. And that is exactly what the Biden administration wanted to do all along. Yeah, absolutely. That Big applause there on that, too. That's that's just amazing. Um. You know, and, and what the, I think that this is another interesting story, too, Robert. And this is coming out of Sonoma County in California. Um, and it's with uh, it was uh, Pacific Gas and Electric are deploying its first 100 percent renewable remote grid. Now, the reason why they're doing this, Robert, is because if you remember not too long ago, that 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 community is a Paradise Valley, I think it was or something. It went up in flames and mm-hmm. they said that. Pacific Gas and Electric, because of their overheating power lines, were the cause of that. Right. Well, well, you know, think about where they're putting this at. Sonoma County, 
where are they what do they do in Sonoma County, Robert? They make wine, right? <laughs> <laughs> and this really affected probably the wine industry and all the people around the country were probably complaining about their wine. But long story short, I think it's great that that these that Pacific Gas and Electric are now putting together their own remote um, you know, uh microgrids, so to speak, to be able to power those those areas so they'll have less um you know uh wildfires in the future. Um and I think as we move forward, Robert, I think this is gonna become a trend where you're gonna see more and more of these um you know these microgrids being deployed all over the western United States. Yeah, there there we go again. This is just uh been totally exciting the last few years. Uh, it's just moving faster and faster. It, it, it really is, Robert. And I, I think what's what's really important too, and especially on a day like today when we have these these you know these elections and we start thinking about who do we want to lead us and who do we want to speak for us, I think it's really important that we remember all these great things that are happening and that we hear. Um, remember to uh, vote in climate champions, people that, you know, right. on their platform are, you know, um, that this is important. Robert, you're a perfect example. You're an elected official. You know, um, you are leading the charge on renewables and your, you know, with your tribe, with your tribal nation. You're leading the, you know, the charge around hemp. I mean, the, the, these are really important aspects, you know, that we need to look for in our elected officials because this is what we this is what we need and this is what we want for the mm-hmm. for our future and the future of our children and i think one of the things too that you've always said too it, these things are inevitable so let's get in front of it and let's get we're we're uh making our own energy making our own hemp or or uh cannabis and not have to buy it from other people like white companies and, and, and I think it's all about empowerment, right? When, when mm-hmm. you're able to take control of, of, of the future, I think that there's, there's, there's a less of the unknowns. And those unknowns cause fear. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. that fear causes, you know, that type of untrust. And we need to stay trusting in, in, in our society because we're all in this together. And it, it's going to take all of us to work together. Um, to definitely um, battle the climate, the climate crisis, and of course, all of the other things that are coming down the way. So, exactly. Hey, Robert, thanks for stopping in for a couple segments. Really uh, great information, great conversation. Hey, if you're listening to the show, you are part of the resistance. From Chief Plenty Coops, the ground in which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office, vote, go solar. Go Cannabis. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. And free Leonard Peltier. Now. Now.